prepare yourself for invasion. This is Indian Invasion. Hey guys, welcome back to Indian Invasion Podcast. This is Eric and I'm here with Mac, my buddy. What's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? <laughs> I'm trying not to uh, blow out your ears with my mic. We're having... For some reason, I'm just up on it today, I guess. I don't know. Like kissing your microphone. You haven't seen it in a while. Just saying. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Final Richie style. Hello. <laughs> you young people don't know what we're talking about. We go way back to the Commodores. Yes. All right. Yeah. We're supposed to be talking about games. Yes. Yes. Welcome to Indie Invasion, where we talk about games, independent games, role-playing games. Just a lot of times we just... In this opening sequence here in our shows, we just banter about games that we find cool, right? That's that's a whole point of this. Hey, and well, Mac, what has been up? What do you got coming up? I know you mentioned, was it yesterday? You messaged me and said, I got a game. I did. I picked up, well, I posted the picture in um, the Discord. And it was for Gangs of the Undercity. I I had backed the Kickstarter, but at the last minute, I I left a little bit in. I did like a $5 just to support. Support, yeah. Yeah, because I was was just like, ah, it's another game. It's a gang-style one. I already got a bunch of them. I don't know if I'm going to get it on the table. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, so, so I didn't. But then Tim, one of our listeners... He has been posting pictures of his gang and naturally that, you know, that just corrupted me again. So because it's it's such a cool concept to bring basically basically shadow run first edition shadow run for anybody out there that remembers that into a tabletop skirmish game. You've got orcs and dwarves and ogres and guns and magic and cyber and the, hacking. Yeah, and, and they're in the future. Like, yeah. the, I guess that would be considered dystopian future right uh it's well, cyberpunk is cyberpunk it's more, yeah, it's okay. more sci- i think it's more cyberpunk but uh yeah so i got that in the mail i was really excited about that i thought it was something else i was waiting <laughs> i was i did i thought it was something else i was waiting for some specialty light bulbs i have some really weird light bulbs in my house oh. and i was like oh cool my light bulbs are here so i just left them on my desk and i'm like well, how oh, big of a box did they send that that's a book right yeah well, it was a flat. It was a flat box for the book. Mm. So, and it was a flat box for the light bulbs when they finally came. Oh, okay. So, so I left. I left the book on the desk for a couple of days because I thought it was my light bulbs. And then Man. I got another. Bo- I got another box, and I'm like, huh. It kind of looks like it might be a light bulb box too. I wonder what's in that other one. Man, oh man, oh man. So I wanted to give a real quick shout out to our friend, our listener. Uh, many of us in the gaming community know him as Spaz Fist, but he has a channel teaching with board games, and he just posted up today as we're recording this, his second attempt, I think it was his second attempt at a bat rep, but for none other than Urban Manhunt. Urban Manhunt. Oh, I yeah. Was, I was watching a bit of it during dinner and after dinner, and he did a really good job. Yeah. I, I, I think he... You know, he's trying different stuff and he's pushing it forward and it, it, it was fun to watch. And, you know, of course he had his favorite Elasta ape in there and oh yeah, I gotta have Elasta ape. Yeah. So, I mean, if you guys haven't checked out his channel, go over to teaching with board games, show him a little bit of support. He does 
generally the channel is he reviews and kind of shows off games that you can use to teach in the classroom. He's a teacher. So that's kind of his main focus is he's looking for things to help kids develop those skills, like whether it's math or problem solving and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, he loves other games too. So he figured this was another avenue he can explore on the channel. Well, so. well, and and to be fair, we have helped him to love other games that he had not been playing. You know, it's like kind of, Star Breach and Urban Manhunt. Well, and, and just supers and <laughs> last week, I think he messaged us and said that he just ordered all of the Rain and Hell stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so he's excited about that. But uh, there's just so much good stuff out there. Realistically, we probably need to do an episode about how do you how do you sift through it all? You know what I mean? Because uh, the reality of it is every one of the games, unless you just absolutely don't like the genre, it's going to have a piece that you like. Yeah. Uh, And some people are really good. I got to I got to give it to the 40K guys. And I realize it's because you have to give up your first child in order to have an army. But, you know, they're one game kind of got group because because, yeah, because it's so expensive. So that could be I mean, that's a whole topic right there is how do you I've been pondering that myself trying to narrow down. That was why I posted in discord the other day of what's your what's your fantasy game? What's your sci fi game? What's your this that? So I did it pretty late last night and a couple of those categories, cause I did both the, the, the straight games. And then I did one that was just RPG. Yeah. yeah. And a couple of those categories, I couldn't pick just one, I especially know. when you put a loaded one in there, like <laughs> zombies, I'm like, um, uh, where yes. do I start? Yes. <laughs> yes. I think one of them, I put three different choices. <laughs> you weren't supposed to do that. That was not the exercise. The I, exercise was one. I couldn't pick just one. And I got to give props to Todd R., uh, because he was the one that posted the RPG stuff first. And it was not my intention to ask for RPG stuff too. And he said, oops, I, I accidentally did RPGs. And I thought, oh, that was a good idea. Let's do RPGs too. So I threw and mine it up did. there. Yeah, it's, it, it started more conversation. A lot of people posted stuff on there that we didn't even think of it. Or it's just like, oh yeah, that's a good one, you know? Yeah, I missed that one when I was thinking of what I was going to put in that slot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I found myself, I went into the, uh, the game area and was just sitting there staring yeah. <laughs> the yeah, like, which one do I do? Well, I'll tell you what else messed me up with that. I gotta stop doing stuff like that. I'm, I'm a bad influence on me on yourself on me. Yeah. I mean, other people too, but I'm a bad influence on me. So that was what got me started to the next thing we were going to talk about in the banter, which is, when we did the zombie RPG, I thought to myself, huh, I don't really know a good zombie RPG. <laughs> I, I should look. Too. <laughs> I said, I should look and see if I can find something. So I did. I found all flesh must be eaten. And it's so far of everything I've looked at, it has kind of the best reviews overall for that's a like we a straight zombie game. Before we went on record here, uh, we we're talking about how that's about 20 years old. And yeah. it's it's still pretty popular. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking of maybe picking that one up. I, I kind of put a feeler out to my my gaming group uh, because you know we, we have six people in our gaming group, our RPG group. So somebody's gonna miss, and we're 
neck deep in the campaign. And sometimes it's good to take a break and do something yeah. completely different. And with and with a zombie game, it's really easy to do a one shot. Everybody oh, yeah. might everybody might die. Yeah. And and yeah. if they do, it's no big deal when you're doing a one shot when that's kind of the expectation. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you saw my answer on there, but there was one. There's one there for you. That's actually a cheap book. Uh, Fantasy Flight had a series of end of the world. So they're like apocalyptic type things. One I did was look that up. God's coming back. I think one was and that had like Cthulhu, Cthulhu and aliens. Um, there was aliens and then the yeah. machines rising. Well, I put the zombie apocalypse one because they basically had three or four different, you know, type of zombie outbreaks in there. Right. Uh, whether it was just the dead rising or some kind of biohazard or um, so I what? put that one there. And, at, uh-oh. and I had a hard choice for that one too, because the other one that I was thinking of, there's one out there called, I think it's called Out, outbreak um, came out about you know, maybe it, eight is, years ago. Is that the one where you play yourself? Uh, I think the, the uh, fancy flight one is. Okay. This one, I can't remember what the 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 specific catch was on that one. I can't remember. <laughs> well, I, I looked at a bunch of the different ones, and it seemed like I watched a few videos and stuff. It seemed like all flesh must be eaten got the best overall feel for the game. I think it's one of the first ones I can think of a zomb- for zombie RPG. Well, Palladium put out uh, Dead Rain. And I, I like I Palladium. I, I like Palladium rule sets. I, I do. They 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 don't organize books well. They put out too much stuff that's not proofread, not play. They do a lot of that. But I like the core rules. I'm a first edition Palladium fantasy player. Okay. So before they did all the other junk, but their zombie thing did the the reviews that I read wasn't wasn't really the best. I might still pick it up one day just because I have a big Palladium collection of books and it's, it's nice to kind of a nice well, thing to have. I think the nice thing with RPGs and really any game, and we've said this before, is, you know, you make it what you want. If there's something yeah. in there you don't like, house rule it. Change yeah. it to where it, it makes sense to like your group or your style of, of play. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. A lot of time RPG rule books are fun to read anyway because they'll have um, even if there's not stories in it, just the way the rules are presented by almost anybody there. If you like reading there, it's pretty fun to explore a new rule set. Even if it, even if you get the end of the rule set and go, this is a horrible rule set <laughs> to me, that's still fun because you go through it and you go, Oh, I could see where they were going with this, or I could see how this could potentially work. And then just like you said, you take all those bits and pieces you like, and you put them into your group, however you want to play. Yeah. Yeah, there's not, I've seen people mash up, you know, different systems because they like maybe they like the world building here, but they like the system here. So they just mash right. them up. That's what I do in mine. Mine is a, I, I've got if you can think of the fantasy RPG game, I've got the book to incorporate it into our game. It's like, oh, you want to do that? OK, yeah, we, sure. We can figure that out. So, so are we going to go RPG for um, Candyland Wars? We might need to. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if there's going to be a if there's going to be a skirmish game, there needs to be an RPG too. Just, just my right. two cents. Just the whole gambit. Yeah, the whole thing. Just going the whole nine yards. Then you have the board game, the skirmish game, and the RPG. That's right. It's the trifecta of awesome. That's right. <laughs> well, That's what did you do this 
what did you do this weekend? That was a big deal. Well, I see this, behind you. Yeah, yeah, you can see the. Well, it's actually cleaner than it was. I posted up a picture of the aftermath uh, on all the social media, but I busted into my Car Wars Kickstarter finally. I got the double ace box, which was this just huge box. And I had to break out a folding table for the thing because, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I got the box about a week ago. And I was trying to figure out how am I going to film this? I don't have enough room here in front of the computer. So I ended up yeah, breaking out a folding table. So I had a little bit more room and I filmed an unboxing of it. And I went pretty thorough in it for you guys. If you guys haven't checked it out over on the YouTube channel, I uh, just went up yesterday, which was Monday. Uh, so you can go over there and see what's all in there and head on over to the, oh, Geez, I'm already forgetting about Steve Jackson games, Steve Jackson's games. And the store is the store is warehouse 23.com and it's all on pre-order right now. So uh, if you're a fan of the old stuff, this is the new editions. It's more in the line of X-Wing. Like when you're building out your cars, it's, they have a bunch of cards and I show in the video how many cards you get. It's ridiculous. And there's more coming. Oh, goodness yeah so i think this is one of those games that it's going to have a lot of variability in your playing and and doing different builds and stuff like that which in a way that the old game that's what we did as kids we just built cars and played maybe 10 percent of it and yeah max avoiding this video because he's afraid that he's gonna be like i need that yep and i know that i don't need that (laughs) Yeah. And, and you know what, if, if you're listeners out there, if you're that kind that you're afraid that, Oh, I, I, I might need that. There all are cheap alternatives for the game. Like you just get the rule set, play with matchbox cars, you know, very similar to, you know, if you just want the rule set to see what it's like, they have a, a set. I want to say it's like 30 bucks. I think you can download uh can't you download? I do you think they have uh, the PDF on the Steve Jackson website? Yeah, I think you can download the basic rules to kind of see what it does. I mean, the rule but, book's like 25 pages. It's not very deep, you know, rule set. Or you could just pick up Gaslands if you want to do Matchbox. Just or say do it. Both. Do both. Or do both. Or do both. You can. As, there you go. As who Alder would say, do both. That's right. That's Alder's catchphrase. <laughs> That's what he needs. <laughs> he needs an Indian invasion shirt that says, do both. Why but, not yeah. both? I had a lot happening the last couple of days. So on top of that, I pulled the trigger on something I've been juiced up about for a while, ever since I heard about it for Osprey, I ended up going and pre-ordering silver bayonet. Oh. So that is slated for November, but I got it from, oh, where did I get it from? From Brigade Games. I, I pre-ordered it through them and they had like a kind of a special pre-order price. Uh, I didn't tell you, Mac, but remember we were talking about, I was like, ah, maybe I just get the rule book. I'll just get the rule book. Yeah. You didn't do that. Did you? Uh, I didn't do that. <laughs> uh, I did. Uh, I need it all. So. They oh had, no. It was a good deal though for like. Oh yeah. Oh, believe me. I know that's always our excuse. It was such a good deal. A good deal for uh, about 114 bucks. I got the rule book. I got three starter factions of French, English, and Spanish. And then they gave me a limited edition hunter and a little goblin guy that I guess you use in the first scenario. 
So I got that to look forward to. And it's one of those games, like many of the games we talk about, that's minis agnostic. Right. Um, so the reason I was interested in it was because I was curious to see if it was like Dracula's America with the campaign where you kind of start small and grow. Yeah. But also because it was written by Joseph McCullough. Oh, did he? Oh, I didn't know he's he did the one that, that wrote one. this. So that was another big sale for me. Yeah. Is to see how, you know, is it similar to the other stuff he did? Is it like a totally new direction type of right. thing? Um, and, you know, it's vampires and werewolves and zombies. Oh, my. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I've never done a game that's Napoleonic era. Right. So this would be something a little bit different for me. Uh, when you think about weaponry and fighting these creatures. Sure. So I'm curious for that. that that'll that be like, uh, uh, I think they said the 11th of November. So a couple more weeks. Um, and I think they do still have a, a the pre-order offers, that early bundle type thing. If you guys want to go check out uh, that website and pick it up, or you just go to Osprey and just get the rule book too. I think the rule book's you know, about 30 bucks or so. But speaking of zombies, you said you got a game scheduled tomorrow and I got a surprise for you. I have a custom scenario that you guys and you can go find on the Internet and play Marvel zombies. Oh, okay, okay. So you're you're playing Marvel Crisis Protocol tomorrow, right? Well, I was playing tomorrow, but it looks like we're moving it to Thursday. Oh. Uh, my my well, my son, he thought he was off tomorrow night, but he's not. He's got okay. work. So okay. Um, but I am supposed to still get a game, and I'm I'm pretty I'm kind of excited about it. It's not my uh, not your jam really, but it's fun. No, no, yeah, it's it's fun, and um, it gives me an opportunity to play a game with my son. And frankly, yeah. I haven't played anything in quite a while just because. I mean, I got no store. There's only a couple gamers around me, at least that I'm aware of. And, you know, scheduling stuff's hard, man. People got kids. People got lives, have lives. It's tough. I think that's one of the things really that um, a store contributes to uh, as far as the the gaming community is that. um, Like an access, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, because since since you have that one locale that you can go to, I think it makes it a little bit easier for people to go ahead and set aside the time and and go up there. It's probably something psychological. It's it's in our brains that makes us go, oh, we're going up to the store. But it might also be because we can um, tell our spouses, I'm just going to pick up a die. I I just need like one die or a set of dice or, or one model. And then you're up there for six, six hours playing a game. Yeah. So, yeah. So your intention really was only to get away to pick something up, but then, then no, it didn't happen. I've been there. Done that. <laughs> so if you guys, you do start playing this more, you got to check out big Mike is the one that turned me on to this. He came across it on board game geek. It's a uh, YouTube channel, board game maniacs. Well, for the holiday season for Halloween, they came up with a, a homebrew scenario that is, you know, there's there's a popular comic in Marvel that's they took all the Marvel characters and turned them into zombies. So yeah. they came up with a scenario to play with Marvel Crisis Protocol. 
and I already downloaded it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks pretty cool. They have a video of them playing it too. And they, they did a board full hilt like you, and they had a fog machine going and yeah. they, have, they have elements in it that um, if your heroes get basically just touched once, you know, by the zombies, well, they only have one more turn before they turn. So then I'll say you have your super zombies that you're Ugh. fighting against. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it sounds hard, but just watching them play, I'm like, okay, I can see how it could work out. Cause you know, they have abilities where you can push them away from you and stuff yeah. like that. So uh, I think Mike said he tried it this past weekend. Uh, so he's already twisting my arm to come try it with him and he knows I have plenty of zombies. So, okay, so for real, who needs a Hulk zombie? Oh, that, that's just terrifying. That would be terrifying. Yeah. How do you stop that? Or, um, I mean, I, I guess technically Wolverine's already kind of a zombie because how do you yeah. stop him even alive? Yeah. Usually with the zombies, you can like what burn them or, you know, hack yeah. them up. Well, what are you going to do with him? <laughs> Shoot yeah. him in the head. That's yeah. not going to work. I mean, uh, I, we, we digress. We digress. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into a comic book discussion now. Yeah, we let, should probably let, get let out our of that. Ner- let our nerds shine. Yep, yep. So be proud. The last thing I had that I wanted to banter about and talk about is I just finished my Twilight Pledge Manager, and I yes. actually had to do some math for this sucker because while I had what I, I wanted, you know, through the thing, I'm getting a, a starter of one of your favorite uh, factions for Twilight. Our good friend, Mr. Wawu, because he's <laughs> overseas, asked me if I would. And of course I would. Uh, I added a bunch of stuff on there for him. So just awesome. finished that. And, you know, I think that's kind of what inspired me to get back into talking about what we're talking about tonight for the main Ooh, well i don't know what we're talking about you're gonna have to tell me what we're talking okay, about this well, is Q scooby-doo music yeah this was our segue so we're gonna go ahead and go into our main topic of casting the stones and it's twilight talk tonight tonight All right, tonight for our main topic, we're going back into something we uh, haven't done in a while. It, last time we talked about Twilight Chronicles of Anderal, uh was way back episode 14 in May, Max. So we're a little behind in finishing Ooh. our little Twilight talk. Um, in that last episode, if you guys want to go back and listen to it, we actually covered, uh, we did an overview of the world and some of the game. And we, uh, so we thought, let's continue with our, our feature casting the stones and talk a little bit about the different factions you can find in the game. Uh, it's yes. a pretty cool game. If you guys want to check it out, Mike Thorpe, very first thing we ever did on the channel, we interviewed him about this yep. game and you can check it out at worldoftwilight.com. Now his Kickstarter is getting ready to fulfill right now. And that's for a, uh, he finished developing the newest faction. So we thought, what better? Let's go back to it and finish off talking about the factions. Yeah. So where should we start? We want to start with the kind of, I think the main one here is the the Empire, right? The Yeah, the Fubarni. The Fubarni, which are 
you look at the game, you're going to see them. Um, they're what basically the they're like little lizard Muppet people. And they're the ones that live in like the major cities. Right. Right. So they were the one they were original. Right. right. And, and in the last one, we talked about the culture. They were the uh, the ones that were slaves to the Devanu. And they have an interesting assortment of of troops. They have spearmen. They have. Yeah, they have sling uh, sling guys. They have mounted. Yeah. Calvary. Calvary. Yeah. Which is really cool looking. I, I know we said this in the original video, but the best part about it is just the simple uniqueness of not only the models, but the way the world is set up, the way the factions are set up and the way the game plays. I mean, everything mm-hmm. about it is, has, is very unique. Um, it just, it just plays in a way that's not common. And it's re- it's kind of refreshing to see that, but the Fubarni are the initial impression I get of the Fubarni when I first looked at them is and you probably shouldn't have this impression if you're wanting to kill the enemy with them is that they're very cute <laughs> <laughs> i think the, all the factions I mean, are cute in a I way mean, they, 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 yeah mean, but they just i mean they just are they're these they're these little dudes that are just they're just so dang cute well, look at you with your little armor and your little spear. Yeah. Oh, you got a little shield. Now. Oh, come here, little buddy. You know, they're awesome. But but they're but they're diverse. They have their troop troops. Uh, you can have militia, uh, light cavalry, heavy cavalry. You can have some of the beasts of burden and traitors within your um, within whatever army list you're building. And then, like I said, with the heavier knights, you have commander levels and captains, and then you've got these full-blown knights. There's special characters and civilians. So there's just a a real broad dynamic of things you can have. Now, that's not to say that that all the factions aren't that way, because they are. But in talking about the Fubarni as a race, you kind of almost have to automatically go into the other two the other two Fubarni because mm-hmm. the Fubarni are actually separated into three full on uh, different factions yeah, that almost represent like the Fubarni. Almost like a different society, a different, um, yeah. different cult. A different, it's a different culture. Yes. It's a yeah. different way that they view it, but they, but they actually play differently. So what's the, what's one of the next ones there so, besides the Fubarni. The next one I think that would fit in would be up to the north, right? So yep. we're going to talk about, uh, see, let's look at the Delgon. I think the, the Delgon, Delgon would be a, a neat one. And these guys are in the north. They're in the, they're kind of, they're very secretive and hiding in the mountains. They don't really interact with the rest of, you know, the empire that much. They're kind of they kind of remind me of a very re- religious type of group because they have like high priest and, yeah. you know, they're worshiping a, a, a certain, you know, their gods, the, uh, I think they're, it's Anari. They're the, the, right? they are the, yeah. The defenders of the North. And, and, and just like the regular Fubarni, they have access to things like captains and mm-hmm. knights and various things. However, what they bring to the table is they've got a little bit of, technology yes that is that is more advanced than the rest of the fubarni they're experimenting with gun style weapons 
Um, a lot of engineering. Yeah, a lot of, of stuff. a lot of engineering, like tinker gnomes. If you know your D and D stuff, so a, a mm-hmm. tinker gnome. They've got uh, mechanical legs. All, all of these kind of cool things, and it's just a different flavor. We're not going to give you the the history of it. I'm, I'm that's something you you can go on the website, and Mike Thorpe has an extensive amount of fluff right yeah. there on the website and just go read up on the, the differences between the cultural and storyline narrative differences between these three groups of Fubarni. But that's kind of what they bring to the table as a faction is they're bringing that little bit of different flavor that the regular Fubarni aren't bringing. Yep. And then also the best in the North- one, the best one now, best one. No, we're not doing the best one. Oh, yet. we are doing the best one. We're doing the best one. We're doing the Dogu. That's so that's these guys, the last ones we talked about here, that's their allies, right? They have kind of a loose, very loose, very loose, but they're both in the north. But this one I think is cool because, you know, I think what's neat, every faction you put on the table, you'll know what faction it is, even though they're the same race. This one, the Dogu, I think is cool because they're in the tundra north. So they remind me of Eskimos, Inuit a little bit because they have their, their, yeah big bundled up and yep. their, their riders are on like big hairy looking beast. You know, you yep. think about, well, it's like a, uh, like a Tauntaun. Yeah. <laughs> like a four legged Tauntaun. I'm telling it you, that's what, is. if you look, if you look at the, the beast, you, you will see, uh, the beast is called a, and I'm probably going to say this wrong. I'm just happy. I can say Fubarni the right way. Yeah. So, so I'm just going to throw this out there. The Yurnak is I'm telling you, it looks like a four-legged tauntaun. It's got it's, the little horns on the side, and it's amazing. The model is amazing looking, but you're right. That's kind of what it brings. What they remind me of is in the R.A. Salvatore Driz Duerden stories is Wolfgar, the barbarian. He was yeah. a tundra barbarian, and that's what they very much remind me of. They have all is, their their pelts and skins on to keep warm and yep uh, they also have the beast of burdens like one of the beast sets they have is i can't remember what they're called but they look like yetis remember you can get that yes. little family of yetis yep. and include in your little force and it'll give you some kind of bonus type thing many of these units it's like they have their reasons why you would take them um and they just look fun they look like yeah yeah birds they like look, kind of look like birds but they look like a Yeti too. It's like they they're, mashed them up. The, they're very, everything is very synergistic because of the way the activations work. Yeah. Uh, and we talk a little bit about that in the previous video. So you can go back and give a listen to that, but it, it's very, very synergistic with the faction on how they work and, and how they kind of bounce off abilities of each other and the ability to maybe strike fast or stand fast and be defensive, all that stuff plays in. And the the Dogu, I just love the Dogu because they're super cool looking. I've really got to finish painting mine, but I seem to say that about almost every game that I we talk about. I don't recall seeing any of your paint. I remember seeing a lot of your empire because you went very heavy with the mounted empire. I remember and uh, yeah, the different militias and stuff and. Yeah, I, <laughs> I look I've at only, these guys all the time and I'm like, hey, they look cool. I've only got a couple of Dogu painted because I was still trying to figure out what color scheme mm, I wanted yeah. to go with. But, I, you know, slow and steady wins a race. But 
that's the that's basically the main Fubarni factions. Mm-hmm. K- kind of. There's another one that's there's offshoots a little bit. Ki- and- kind of maybe. Uh... That's the best one. Uh, one no, that that's not the best at. one. No, 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 no. That's so not I the think best you're one. talking about the Kasani. Oh, I may in fact be talking about which the is the one that got me. That's the one I had. So it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to dive into in this game. And this was the one that jumped out at me because they they were different in the sense that they weren't living in cities. They weren't the civilized societies of some of the other ones, right? These guys were living in the prairies, you know, to the South and uh, very, very one with the land and the animals and stuff. So you always see a lot of animals in their groups, whether yep. they're riding them or they're using them like pack animal type of mentality. And these guys were basically fierce warriors um, yep. that, made me think of your native Americans in a way, you know, they were the ones that were good at tracking and were fierce warriors that could help, you know, a group out that they'll ally with the empire. Um, So yeah, this is one that, that kind of drew me in. Um, And and they are still actually Fubarni, but yeah, it's almost like in my mind anyway, they're almost a little, yeah. Yeah. They're (laughs) almost a little separate. So I don't, but technically they are still Fubarni. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just, I like the, the use of the animals. That's what drew, drew me yes. in. It was all the different animals that you could do. Cause I think there's one particular figure where it's a mounted unit and he's on a, it looks like a big shaggy dog lion looking thing. Yeah. The on cigar. And I'm like, that looks pretty neat. That looks like yeah. a big chunk of metal. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the Dom pack is the other one that's the one you got that's the giant dinosaur looking yeah. um, pack animal with the kasani fubarni just hanging off hanging the sides. off and flinging yeah. their slings yep, yeah yep yep it's awesome <laughs> i was like i want to get that because it's the biggest one <laughs> yep absolutely super cool and then uh we'll do that we'll do the gotta do the divanu yet, yeah gotta which... do the divanu because so the divanu is also actually a faction i like to play as well um they are who i used the very first time that i played mm-hmm. and i actually played in fayetteville at discover games was the first time i played i had already had the book read the rules i'd gotten quite a few models painted up but it was the first time i had an opportunity to play and I really like the Devanu. So again, if you go back to the last episode we did where we talked about Twilight, they're kind of here to start. Yeah, you'll you'll hear a little bit more about them because they were the ones who were enslaving all these Fubarni. Yeah. And now the tables have been turned and they're kind of they've kind of gone feral because they've been driven to the very outskirts of all society, but they're massive compared to Fubarni. Mm-hmm. They're bred for combat. They have big giant claws and they're they're just nasty yeah, big they're all monsters. About hunting and killing right. and yeah. Yeah. Whereas the Fubarni, they're these little peaceful engineer looking <laughs> snake muppets, I guess. That's that's what I'm gonna call them snake I, muppets. I think in the the la- the last episode in uh that we covered this back in episode 14, uh you referred to them as uh Doozers, dozers. How do you say? Oh it? yeah, oh, the doozers. They're the totally doozers. the doozers from Fraggle Rock. <laughs> they are totally the doozers. 
but yeah, that, they were they used to be the big bad guys that were yes. enslaving everybody, and then yeah, the they revolted and then they kind of yeah forced them to the fringes, yep. man, where they're just just hanging on by a thread type of thing now. Yeah. So uh, which kind of gives a, there's a lot of neat narrative directions you can go that Mike has kind of left open. And that ranges from what the Kasani are doing, what the Delgon and the Dogu are doing. And will the Devanu come, you know, slowly begin to build back. So, so there's just a lot of, avenues that you could go down for your own narrative as as you play these different factions which is really cool that i'm always a fan of someone that introduces this wonderful beautiful rich and in-depth world and then only takes it so far and stops and then says okay Okay, now you do it now now you take it and run and you make the story yours because i've given you the platform for you to launch your own narrative world off of and and to be honest having never developed a game i don't really know if that's what goes through someone's head or if they just go all right this is enough (laughs) this is all i can fit in the book yeah so that'd be an interesting question is if that was intentional or not sometimes in some of the games. Hmm. Yeah, that would be. We'll have to write, jot that down for a note. That's <laughs> right. Somebody somebody write that down. To get our secretary to write that down. Oh, we don't have a secretary. I should write that down. <laughs> <laughs> so the last one we have is the one that uh, Mike is actually fulfilling right now. He yes. wanted to kind of, he took these back. Uh, he had a couple things on the website. And he actually he, he actually had quite a few because yeah. I picked up everything that he had on the website for the Kadeshi before they came down. Before they were a faction, they were still in development, right? Right, right, right. Um, so there was a there was a significant amount, and I got a lot of it painted actually. Yeah. So he basically he finished them off. He kind of has them as an official. Uh, faction they're not on the website yet so if you guys uh this sounds interesting just keep checking back or actually go check out his kickstarter that he just ran and you can see what they kind of are and could the kadeshi being the newest one they are the, the 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 faction of like mythical legends in their world um yeah. they live they're kind of known to live in these big great forest they have on the continent the narrow forests and it's one of those things that the 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 legend is that oh you don't go in the forest right you know and well they're starting to go in the forest and these guys are kind of starting to be like hey whoa whoa <laughs> yeah there's not it's not cool to go in the forest um and there are actually fubarni amongst them as well yeah. and they're sort of uh but call them I, wild yeah, not like Kasani, but not 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 feral. I, no, maybe they would. I think they would probably be more feral than the Kasani. The Kasani are kind of organized plains warriors, mm-hmm. and then I guess I get in in my mind anyway. This may be completely off base for what Mike intended, but the Fubarni that are part of the Kadeshi they strike me as a little bit more feral. Yeah, they're they're very very primitive. Like the howlers, and, the yeah, howlers and, are a good example. They're yeah. just yelling at you and throwing rocks. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I do. I mean, when I play games, that's that's why I bring rocks. I just yell at people and throw rocks at them or dice, whatever. 
but this is a faction that has a lot of creatures, right? Yes. A lot of forest creatures. A lot of flying creatures. A lot of flying, yes. So this is like the only flying in any factions is these I guys, so. right? I think so. And they're kind of like a bat-like creature in a way. Sort of a bat, pterodactyl, pteranodon, crossbreed mixed mm-hmm. in with a muppet and a doozer. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the creatures that they have in this, like the yeah. uh, the Abrock, I think, was one that looks like kind of like your big dodo. Yeah, um, like a dinosaur then- dodo bird. Yeah, and then tonight, I actually, when I completed my pledge manager, I added on the, how, how do you say this? I don't know. It's the big worm thing, the Atkin, Actin. I don't okay, know that sounds it. right. You that just sound gotta right? Say it. Okay. Just, you just got to say it like you mean it, and everybody, because nobody else right. knows how to say it either. But yeah, that big giant worm looking thing with like big mandible teeth on it i was like i gotta get you that sound, thing that you sound like tim the wizard from uh monty <laughs> python and the holy grail the thing with the teeth and the the, the yes yeah ah, yeah okay <laughs> all right tim thank you thanks for coming so uh, yeah i i wanted to add that on to my my uh pledge that i had on there because i just got one of the uh starter sets that has a lot of these these feral for brown for who barney for barney <laughs> close who <Foo> barney <laughs> but it's i like, wanted it's to like add your, on it's more. like your dog's name with foo at the beginning foo barney there we there go, go. Barney. see now you got it forever i might have too much coffee in my system tonight <laughs> that's probably the problem either that or you're gonna call your dog barney foo barney for the rest of the night but yeah, the, the set that I got was the Forest Guard. So it's a lot of those guys. And right. it's like, well, I want some of the creatures to go with these guys. I mean, I have some already. Um, like I got those big sloth guys too. Yep. So this kind of just adds to it. And I, I mean, think they, go ahead. They look neat. It's, you know, we mentioned how all these factions look very unique. You put them on the table. And this one, I think, really stands out to me with the fact that you had the flying characters. And, right. Uh, more of the kind of like your forest creatures, you know, they don't look like the creatures that you find with the Kasani, which are kind of herd, herd like animals. These right. things are, they're forest creatures. So you got your kind of creepy crawlies. Yeah. Well, the, I love, even though they're not the faction, my favorite stuff that Mike has is the beasts because they, they, they look like you're watching the dark crystal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the vibe that they give off and they're so neat and you could really use them. You could use them in anything from the drowned earth to a fallout game because they could be mutated or whatever, but yeah. they're just so dang cool looking. If, if you do nothing else, but, and don't even want to play twilight, at least go look at the beasts of annual because they are absolutely amazing. Models. I think, I think uh, you guys will find yourself picking up one or two here yep. or there just to use somewhere else. Cause they're so different. Yep. But yeah, you guys can check that out on world of twilight.com and you can just click on, I think there's a, another click. You have to go to the store, right? But yeah, you can just look at what he's got by factions and just look at the variety. 
There's so much variety right there under miniatures. It'll say beasts of Anural. That's probably where you want to look two pages, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a few models and they're absolutely, I I can't speak highly enough about the models. They're just so darn cool. (laughs) That's why I keep buying them. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in that same boat. Yeah. So anyway, that is the the current, I guess we should say that's the current factions for Twilight, because who knows what Mike may be working on. Yeah, this is usually, was October is his usual month where, what's he call it, Inktober? Inktober, he is drawing, he is an, an amazing artist. Uh, if you go over and check out the Facebook group for Twilight, you can check that out, and he posts drawings that he's doing through the month of October, Inktober, and they're all Twilight. They're all Fubarni and Devanu and all of this other stuff. Some of it is is just his imagination of what the world is, so it yeah. might be stuff that you'll never see in miniature form. However, it's a little piece of the world. You get to learn a little something else about it, so it's super cool. So I, I encourage you to go over and check that out. I, I think you'll like it. Yep. Well, I think that's going to kind of wrap up our casting the stone talk today. Uh, we probably should get out of here. Shouldn't we Mac? We probably should. Okay. Then people can go on to gaming. You think they're gonna, well, <laughs> I think they're probably going to go to the twilight website and buy stuff. And they might. And then, then yell at us, right? Yes, absolutely. That's what we're here for. <laughs> that's what we're here for. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out and listening to us. Remember, you can find us all over the internet, interwebs, all that stuff. But our favorite place for our podcast is right here on Podbean. But you can find us anywhere where they share podcasts. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iTunes, Google Play, and some we've never even heard of Yes, that we get emails from. I was... Trying to find where else we were. And actually, you know what? I need to change our show notes. iTunes actually changed to iPodcast or Apple Podcast ah, now. Okay. So. Okay. So we are not on iTunes. We are on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> so we, noted, noted. Uh, also, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Discord. Lots of cool stuff going on over in the Discord channel right now, and videos have been going up fairly regularly because Eric keeps getting boxes arriving at his house. Yeah, it's just and, all coming at once. <laughs> and doing doing lots of unboxing. so please go over and check those out. Remember, the best thing you can do for us if you like what you hear on Indie Invasion is to like and share and tell a friend so that we can have loads and loads and loads of people listening so that we can all commiserate together as we try and figure out which game to play and which model to paint next, because there are so many of them. (laughs) You can find all of these links over on the CoastalCon website at CoastalTechs.com. CoastalCon 2022 is coming up. More details to follow. I know I keep saying that, but I promise I'll have something for you by the end of October. Also, if you know of any indie games or indie game developers that you might think we should chat with or check out their games, you can always shoot us an email at IndieInvasion at gmail.com. Also, check us out over on Patreon. We don't post a whole terrible bunch over there, but if you would like to check it out, everything is free. No need to back back us or support us or whatever they call it over there on Patreon. 
uh, in order to check out the content we have over there. So go over and check that out. But more importantly, even than Patreon, you can check out our awesome Red Bubble. I'm pretty sure that we like our Red Bubble more than everybody else does because um, we keep buying stuff on Red Bubble because it's cool to have Indie Invasion swag. You yeah. can get hats, coffee cups, mouse pads, all kinds of cool stuff. Spaz promised he would get a mini skirt and take a picture. <laughs> so now it's official. It is out there in internet land, not just in a message. Oh, so there man. you there you go. We mini skirt for you, Spaz, and wear it way up there in the great white north in Canada in the wintertime. In, and in take about a another month or two. In right? about another month. That's right. But check <laughs> us out over on Redbubble. You find all kinds of cool stuff out there um, over there coffee cups, all that cool, fun stuff, but mostly coffee cups because that's how we roll. And on that note, guys, when you're out there playing your games, having a good time, hanging out with your buddies, painting models, whatever it is you're doing, remember to prepare yourself for the invasion. Bye. said got it or leave meeting thank like, you sarah. Oh, he's recording thank Gotta you go. sarah <laughs> that's what i'm naming her sarah hello sarah after uh sarah michelle geller oh i thought you were gonna go with sarah connor <laughs> <Sarah Connor. laughs> are you yeah. sarah connor yes i i think at that point i'd be like uh no <laughs> yeah or, that big I, that dude are you arnold arnold schwarzenegger Biden? i love hearing imitations of him because everybody's just like what do they say get to the chopper or they just do his ar, ar, ar. <laughs> or i'll be back or i'll be yeah that's his come, his come with me if you want to live i mean wasn't that one of his political slogans i don't know so yeah, yeah. Or, they did so. Oh no! It was the governor. That was one his his slogan. The governor. All right. I feel like my mic is so far away, but you said I was loud. Yeah. When you whenever you raise your voice just a little bit, it would kind of pop at the end, and distort. That's because I'm pop like Justin Bieber. Oh, don't be like Justin Bieber. I'm gonna have to log <laughs> off like somebody else. <laughs> don't be like the Bieber.